lot of us are in the room today, and we might be thinking, look, if, if all I had to worry about in life was not being a rock star compared to what my family has walked through, you know, and, and I would line up for that opportunity because what we faced in life has caused some of our, our dreams to die. And it, and it seems like the stakes might even be a little bit higher. And we haven't seen the soft landing on the, on the other side like this Brent guy. So I understand that life is filled with diagnoses and it's filled with disaster and it's filled with disappointment. For some of us, it's filled with divorce. For some of us, depression. I mean, all those nasty D words, right? All the horrible D words, it's filled with deception. Some, some of you have walked into a situation where life looked like one thing, but it turns out that it was completely different. And ultimately, at times, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? And, and, and when all of these things come into our life, here's the question, what are our options? What are our choices? I think one option that we have as believers, and we've seen this in the church, is to create a theology that kind of dismisses suffering from our lives. That's a popular one. It's not a good one, but it's popular. And I think a second option for us is to try to medicate through pain. And we've seen probably, you've seen people in your life that try to medicate with medication or alcohol or maybe money or, or you know, having seven houses to kind of insulate ourselves from what we know is out there. But a better plan and a plan that's gonna be amplified as we finish off in the book of Acts this morning is that we could create a purpose for our life that would dwarf anything and everything that would come against our life. And that we would create a purpose for our lives that would dwarf disaster, it would dwarf a diagnosis, it would disappointment, divorce, depression, uh, deception, death, and everything else that comes against us. Because if your purpose is too small, and if my purpose is too small, then all those things that we're talking about have an uh, open door to cause you to crash and to burn. It'll cause you to cash out of life and cash out of hope and eventually cash you out of faith. And so many, many people are not gathering in the house of God today because of one of those things in their story. In fact, um, uh, someone in the city isn't in the house of God today because their dream did die. You know, maybe after a failed move to Nashville um, or after the company folded or, or when the merger happened and then they got pushed to the side or when their partner walked away and said, you know, I don't wanna be with you anymore. And so they just looked up to heaven and they say, you know, hey, if this is the way it goes and this is the way that, the, that you shuffle the deck and God, you wanna play this hand and count me out. On the contrary from what we heard at church last week, that uh, church that is all in, I would actually like to notify you that I am out. I am out the door. So listen, if we don't have a compelling purpose, I believe we're setting ourselves up for a cash out and a crash out in our life. So in Acts, We've seen it in every single week of this series. Um, God is inviting us and Jesus is inviting us into the most overwhelming and overriding purpose of all. It's not to attend church. 
The goal of Acts is not to show up occasionally and say, you know, I, be- I belong to such and such, or I go to such and such, or I, you know, I go to Destiny Foursquare Church. The goal of Acts is really way more of an all-in attitude that we were talking about last weekend. And it is in a nutshell that if your eyes have been opened to the revelation to see Messiah, Jesus is the sent one of God. He is the holy one of God. Um, he is the redeemer of mankind, right? He's the promised one and the long-awaited one. And he is the only name by which men can be saved. If my eyes have been awakened to Messiah and I've been touched by the power of Holy Spirit, then I am all in and making sure that everybody on the planet hears that message. So that's my purpose. That's, that's a compelling, overriding, formidable purpose for all of our lives. And that becomes the purpose of the followers of Jesus. When the day of Pentecost came, Holy Spirit changed the game. He empowered us. He empowered us to go and do that. He gives us the strength to go and do that. And I guess the question that's out there for me today is that, is, is, I put it on your papers because I think this is an important question to ask. Is all that just information to me or is this my purpose? Is this my life purpose? And I have to wrestle my way through that being a church kid all of my life. It's, is this just information to me? It's kind of like Bill was saying earlier, is it, is it we've heard the way, Jesus is the way, the truth and life so many times. Is it just information or do I live like that's the truth, right? Jesus is alive. Holy Spirit has come and there's a dying and a lost world without him. And the thing that matters most in the economy of God right now on planet earth is that we get busy as a church shining the light of Jesus on the hilltop. And and so that people can see and hear and know that Jesus is alive. And so it's not enough for me to just kind of get in the door and get my seat right and get into heaven and get a place. I've got a mission and a purpose for my life. So even with Pastor Brent, let's go back to that story. Um, if, if all he breathed for was just becoming you know, a professional musician or, or a pop star, then his purpose dies when that dream dies. But if his purpose is wanting the world to know about Jesus, that lasts forever. Now, I do, I want to say that I do want people to succeed in your dreams of becoming a pop star, if that's your dream this morning, or put it in your terms, whatever it is that you're hoping to do. God gives us, you know, passions in our lives, but my overriding purpose is that people will hear about Jesus. That's the purpose above all purposes right there. Because guess what? The rock star dream died. It didn't pan out, but Brent's purpose is very much still alive. You see that? And, and not only is his purpose still alive, but the purpose has also got power in it now because Holy Spirit is in his life. Because when people walk through the door and say, you know, man, life has let me down and life threw me a curve and life left me in the dust. Brent Parker, he'll, his response will be, well, I know, I've experienced that. I've been through that. I went to Nashville. And they go, what? Yeah, I haven't been sitting around in, in, my, in my life, in my young life when I was young, you know, training classes for ministry since I was seven. What I've been doing is I've been pounding on the keyboard since I was seven. And my dreams went up in smoke. Do you know what else smokes? My keyboard when I play it. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I learned that the greatest thing that I'm called to in life is still very much alive. And I'm learning how to use my life to proclaim to the world even louder that Jesus is alive and he is life itself. 
And so when you see those two things, you understand, this is the next blank in your notes, you understand that circumstance can't take away, can't take you away from the purpose that God has called you to. No circumstance. No circumstance. It's like somebody handing you a script for your life. And, and you know, here you go, and you're like, oh, I, 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 this is okay. What's the story? And all of a sudden, you're reading through it, like, whoa, whoa, I don't like that. No, that's not going to happen. I definitely didn't sign up for that. I, 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 I don't like this ending. I don't like any of this. And here's the thing. When, when life does that to you and to me, and hello, life's going to hand you a script. You're, there's going to be a, some some loopholes and some, some crazy turns in life. The beautiful power of today is you don't have to accept the script. <laughs> you don't have to take it. And um, you don't have to uh, kind of acquiesce to that script. You can actually flip the script <laughs> and you can say, great, if that's what you're going to hand me, I'm going to hand you something back. I'm gonna give you something bad because my purpose can't be stopped by any circumstance that comes my way. And I know that sounds like a big setup for the message today. And maybe it sounds like a a bunch of hot air to someone who's really struggling today. And you're like, man, it it must be nice for you to stand up there and say stuff like that um, because you have no clue what I've been through. But I I just want us to look, Let's, let's do this. I want us to look at God's word. Because God's word is real and alive and it's powerful to speak. And so I want to invite us today into a calling that's greater, into a purpose that's greater in our lives. And I'll say it uh, this way a few times today. There's nothing more powerful. This is what the whole series is about, right? There's nothing more powerful, full of power than having a prevailing purpose. It trumps all circumstances. So Holy Spirit is alive, but not so that we can be weird and, and not so that we can have another kumbaya moment. Holy Spirit is alive so that we can be powerful in the face of whatever comes. So if I'm not powerful and I don't feel that, that's okay. I can say, God, I'm not powerful, but I know that you are. And I can rest in that. And Holy Spirit, I'm glad that you're in me because I need a supernatural source right now. That's beyond me to do and be in me something that I cannot do and be on my own. And the greatest, I think, evidence sometimes of that power, the greatest evidence of Holy Spirit coming and arriving in a life is when you see that that person has a purpose that is prevailing over every other thing in their life purpose that just somehow trumps every other circumstance that comes their way. So I got a text last night. I was, I was mentioning this briefly just um, in the worship service. I got a text last night from my friend, um, Pastor Reagan Pickerel. He is the, um, some of you will remember him as our men's conference speaker from last year. And he's also the pastor of the Foursquare Church in Gillette, Wyoming. This is what the text read. It was, it was right before I was shutting off my phone for the night. He said, we just had our first COVID-related death today in the church, and it really is hitting me hard. As someone who has been there, I'd ask for you to keep me in prayer. Some of you will remember the story last year when Reagan was with us in the fall. 
um, we had just gone through a period of four people that we lost in our Destiny family. Um, through COVID, through suicide, um, through some really tough stuff. And then I got a call. I was actually out to dinner with Pastor Reagan um, the first night of the conference. And um, I got a call when I left dinner with Reagan. Um, and it was about Alex. And some of you will remember Alex's story. He was, I got the call and they said he was in a, what they, everybody thinks is going to be a fatal motorcycle accident. Alex um, had become a pretty good friend of mine and a new believer in the church and he had plugged into our outreach and was doing food and um, really doing some amazing stuff with our teams. And so when I got that call, after those first four losses, it was just like those kind of things were piling up, those stressors or those hurts and those pains in my life. And when I got that call, it was literally like a flood. I cried, I cried hard, I cried a river. It hurt me. And I, I, the call was, you know, and the expectation was for me to go to the hospital and, and be with Alex and say goodbye. That was the expectation. And so Reagan was there with me that night and he said, you know what? Um, why don't you just take the weekend off? You don't have to come Sunday morning. You don't have to come to any more of the men's conference. You know, you've got a lot that's happening in your life right now. And I know you're thinking about having to go to the hospital and walk over there and do that. And he said, so I can preach Sunday morning. You don't even need to come. And, uh, you know, Derek, he, he, was, he said, I'll cover all of the worship. You don't have to worry about it. And so I did. I stayed home. I went to the hospital. I, I prayed like I've never prayed before. Um, I had some other good friends call me. I talked to Brent. I talked to Sam Rockwell. You know, um, and I just remember walking through the hospital thinking that, you know, if, if, if this is already, I just remember thinking I'm not enough. And um, so that text that I read earlier this morning, when I asked God to, to give me something for somebody about, you know, the water springing up in the dry places and the crocus flower coming up from the rock, that was for him. That's what God gave me for him. And I just remember the most from that situation is Sam Rockwell said to me, um, he said, you know what, Sean, I want you to know that you're not enough. That's the first thing he said to me. <laughs> and it actually, it actually released a lot of weight off of me. Because the next thing he said was, you know, you're just, you're going as an ambassador as you walk through the halls of that hospital. So just go and do that. Go and mourn with the family. Go and cry because you're going to want to do that. And then just go as an ambassador. You're going to go with Holy Spirit and you're going to walk into that room and you're going to pray. So that's what I did. And so for this opportunity last night to pray for him and be with him this morning, I was checking up with him again this morning and we've got our, all of our area pastors and um, all of that checking up with him too. Um, you, can, you can probably understand why, why that kind of gripped me in the emotions. But here's the thing. I, I want to drop anchor in a few places in Acts today and see this in real terms because life does flip our script sometime. You know, the, 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 the story just kind of goes in an odd way. So I don't know your story, but I do know some of the stories in this room today. So regardless, I just pray 
that in just dropping anchor in just a few places in God's word this morning in the book of Acts, that hope will rise in our hearts today and that faith will be alive in us. So this first place is in Acts chapter two. And we've looked at this text so many times throughout the series, we should almost have it memorized by now. But I want us to look at it again through this lens, through the idea of flipping the script. And so what's happening is Peter is preaching the very first sermon after the arrival of the Holy Spirit. And this is what he says, um, verse 22. People of Israel, listen to the facts. It's a great way to open a talk. Jesus, the victorious, was a man on divine mission whose authority was clearly proven. For you know how God performed many powerful miracles, signs, and wonders through him. Now that's an amazing message right there. It's like, hello, you guys were all there. You all saw it. You were there when he walked on water. You were there when he fed the 5,000. You were there when Lazarus was raised from the dead. You heard him teach. You saw the power that was in Jesus. Verse 23, it says, this man's destiny was prearranged for God knew that Jesus would be handed over to you. And this is where his audience got a little uncomfortable. It says to be crucified and that you would execute him on a cross by the hands of lawless men. So there's your script, Jesus. I mean, think about this. Here's your script. Thank you very much for coming to planet Earth. Thank you for caring about, you know, the poor. Thank you for caring about the marginalized. Thank you for caring about the people who are untouchable to those that uh, the the religious leaders of the day. Thank you for releasing, you know, miracle power and, and teaching the kingdom truth. Thank you for being a justice seeker. Thank you so much for being a great humanitarian and a great leader and a Holy Spirit seeker. Here's the script for you. Now, you're gonna get handed over to people who are gonna take your life. You're gonna get beat up by a bunch of thugs who are wearing robes claiming to be the religious elite. And you're gonna be left alone, you're gonna be hung on a tree and left out in the open air to die under the noonday sun. There's your script. Jesus could have said, Thank you for that script, but I came here with a purpose. Do you see where this is going? (laughs) I came here with a purpose. I just didn't come down here to hang around and see how life was going to turn out. I just didn't show up on the planet hoping that the days were going to be good. I showed up on planet earth with a prevailing purpose. And that purpose was to glorify my father by making a way, the way for everybody on the planet to come from death to life. And I'm gonna do that no matter what. So what's the plan again? Oh, okay, they're, they're gonna arrest me in the garden. Oh, that's good to know. Oh, they're, they're, they're gonna grab my beard and rip it out of my face. They're gonna smash a crown of thorns on my head. I'm, I'm gonna get traded for a known criminal and then I'm gonna stumble my way up to Calvary and a man's gonna have to come and carry my own beam for me. They're gonna nail nails in my hands and my feet and they're gonna mock me while I'm dying for the sins of the world. One thief that's right next to me is gonna ridicule me while I'm suffering and striving for every breath. The sky's gonna turn dark and I'm gonna die. (laughs) Okay. Well, watch this. He's he's reading the script. He's like, you know what he does? (laughs) Boom! I'm gonna flip that script. I'm gonna flip that script. There is a sovereign God on the planet and our savior does not crumble 
under the circumstances of the world. And so the text goes on in verse 24 and it says, God destroyed the cords of death and raised him up. Hello, that's a great flip of the script right there. And so I, I die on page 78, but I come alive on page 81. Keep reading people, right? Because it was impossible for death's power to hold him prisoner. Now, Peter digresses for the sake of his audience here in the book. And we're gonna, so we're gonna pick it back up with verse 36, which is the end of his, Peter's talk. And he says, now everyone in Israel can know for certain that Jesus whom you crucified is the one God, um, the, the one that God has made both Lord and the Messiah. God flipped the script. Do you see that? And he's still doing that even to this day. So the takeaway for us is simply that God flips the script of death and he writes a story of life. Where the dream has died, he can make the crocus grow up and bring new life between a rocky ground. He can make a river run streams in the desert. And the good news about that is every one of us has got death in our script. So our starting point, the first place that we drop anchor is with the God who flips the script of death and instead writes a script in the story of life. The second place we're gonna drop anchor and we could drop probably 50 anchors today easily in Acts and see all manners of stories like this, but we've just picked a few. And the second one is chapter seven, verse 54. Um, we're gonna speed the timeline up a little bit. The followers of Jesus emboldened and empowered by Holy Spirit are proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Um, Stephen is preaching. And because they want to silence him and shut him down, they want to close off this chapter of the res uh, resurrection. They accuse him falsely of teaching heresy about Moses. And so this gets everybody in an uproar and they decide, man, if you're going to come against our leader and the one who gave us and brought us the law, then we're going to have to shut you down. So not the outsiders, but it was the religious insiders. They plan to take the life of Stephen. And so we see it happening beginning in verse 54. When they heard the these things they were overtaken with violent rage filling their souls and they gnashed their teeth at him but Stephen overtaken with great faith was full of Holy Spirit Stephen's got Holy Spirit power he's full of power and he's full of purpose which we're about to see a prevailing purpose he fixed his gaze into the heavenly realm and saw the glory and the splendor of God and Jesus who stood up at the right hand of God. We talked about this verse a little bit earlier in the series. Jesus is always seated at the right hand of God, right enthroned at the right hand of God, but he's seated. But now Stephen looks up and Jesus stands up at the right hand of God. Why? Because of what is about to transpire in these verses. It's possible that you can live the kind of life that causes Jesus to stand up on the day of your greatest pressure and your greatest persecution. That's a stunning reality. It says, look, Stephen said, I can see the heavens opening and the son of man standing at the right hand of God to welcome me home. His accusers covered their ears with their hands and screamed la 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 at the top of their lungs to drown out his voice. Then they pounced on him and they threw him outside of the city walls to stone him. His accusers one by one placed their outer garments at the feet of a young man named Saul of Tarsus. 
And they hurled stone after stone at him. And Stephen prayed, our Lord Jesus, accept my spirit into your presence. He fell to his knees and shouted in a loud voice, our Lord, don't hold this sin against them. I wonder where he got that. And then he died. We keep reading, it says, now Saul agreed to be an accomplice to Stephen's stoning and participated in this execution. And from that day on, a great persecution of the church in Jerusalem began and all the believers scattered into the countryside of Judea and among the Samaritans. So Judea, Samaria, except the apostles who remained behind in Jerusalem, God-fearing men gave Stephen a proper burial and mourned greatly over his death. So that's a very powerful and important verse in the message today. At Stephen's death, it wasn't people going around saying, oh man, you know what? God's gonna flip the script, bro. Don't worry about it. God's gonna flip the script. This is amazing. It wasn't that. No, they buried Stephen and they went and they mourned. There was, there was a loss and they were broken and they went through the sorrow and they went through the suffering that this world brings. Right in the middle of God's amazing redemption story is humanity. And so we're not selling a brand of Christianity today that says, man, we're just not gonna acknowledge that there's humanity and brokenness in this world. We're not gonna deal with that or, uh, pain or loss or suffering or tears or heartache or grief or mourning. No, we're gonna live in full humanity, but we're gonna sandwich the humanity with the powerful mission of God and the powerful work of the Holy Spirit. It says that godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him and Saul then, what does he do? He begins to destroy the church. This is one of those D words, right? Saul mercilessly persecuted the church of God going from house to house into the homes of believers to arrest men and women and drag them off to prison. Although the believers were scattered by persecution, they preached the wonderful news of the word of God wherever they went. And so once again, what is the message? Well, the, the message here that I see is you can execute the messenger, but you cannot stop the power of the gospel. You can't. So it's like, okay, We've, we've got to get rid of this guy and we've got to shut him down. How are we going to shut him out? I, I know that he's full of grace. He's, he's, he's full of, of Holy Spirit. Everybody knows that he's one of the most likable guys that you're ever going to meet. We can't find a bad witness for Stephen. Uh, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to concoct a story. We're going to tell everybody that he's you know, going against Moses. That, that'll get everybody all in a full throttled roar. And, and then we're going to just pummel him with big boulders until he's unconscious. And we're going to shut down this heretic, right? The message of the resurrection stops today. That's, that's kind of what they're, what they're thinking was. Now, if we keep on reading, it says, you know, the idea is, you know, you can go ahead and, and persecute the church and Saul's going to go house to house and everybody's going to run for their lives. Jerusalem's going to be in pandemonium, right? People are going to scatter. And, and, and I love this. This is the verse we've been hanging in this whole series. Acts 1.8. They're going to scatter where? Judea. They're running to Samaria and everywhere over the existing planet earth. And they're telling people about the resurrection. They're telling people about Jesus. You're gonna go in power to Judea and Samaria and all the places of the earth. It's happening. It's right there. Less people is what we we're hoping for. That's what, they were, that's what their goal was when they killed Stephen. But now more people are actually hearing the story of Jesus. That's not what their plan was. And, and so God says, yeah, that's right, because we're flipping the script on this. 
You had a story that was going one way where you had a, maybe even had a dream, but you're not ending the story. You're just being the catalyst for spreading my story. So thank you very much. Because yes, Stephen is a martyr of the gospel of Jesus and there are hundreds and thousands like him on this day and they're, they're pondering and proclaiming the very message that you know, Stephen died for on this word today. He has an esteemed place in the kingdom of God because Stephen was a catalyst for the explosion of the gospel. And when we see him in heaven, I can just imagine you know, what the conversation, yeah, you know, the thing is, you know, Stephen's going to come up to us. Yeah, the thing is, you know, even, even though all that stuff was rough, but man, I'm glad I had a purpose that was bigger than my circumstance. Because when the circumstance came, the purpose that I was living for just exploded more than I could have ever dreamed. I never thought, you know, my story was going to go to Samaria. It was going to go to Judea. Stephen's story is going to make it to Destiny Foursquare Church some morning. <laughs> Stephen is going to make it everywhere the gospel story goes. And I had no idea. I was just trying to be faithful right there and preach the message that God had given me to preach. Let's, let's drop anchor in one more place and we'll be done today. We're going to go to Acts chapter nine. The same Paul who is giving permission for Stephen's life to end. It says, during those days, Saul, full of angry threats and rage, wanted to murder the disciples of Jesus. So he went to ask the high priest and requested a letter of authorization that he could take to the Jewish leaders in Damascus, requesting their cooperation in finding and arresting any who were followers of the way. Saul wanted to capture all the believers that he found, both men and women, and drag them as prisoners back to Jerusalem. So he obtained the authorization and left for Damascus. Um, just outside of the city, a brilliant light flashing from heaven suddenly exploded all around him. Falling to the ground, he heard this booming voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? The man accompanying Saul, or the men accompanying Saul, were stunned and speechless, for they heard the voice but couldn't see anyone. And Saul replied, Where are you, Lord? I am Jesus, the victorious one that you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city where you will be told what you are to do. <laughs> now the story, it quickly shifts. Um, Paul is blinded by this vision of Jesus on his way to kill Christians and to stifle the church. And, and he's now in Damascus and he's holed up at this guy's house trying to recover his sight. And a man is sent to him with a word from God and that man doesn't want to go. Uh, he says, I'm not going to Damascus. You know who Paul is. I, you're, I mean, you're God. You know that he's killing people like me and I'm not going to go pray for Saul if that's what you're asking me to do. But eventually the man goes and, and, and he, God prevails with this argument. And this is what he says to Ananias. That was his name, verse 15. The Lord Yahweh answered him, arise and go. I have chosen this man to be my special messenger. He will be brought before kings, before many nations, and before the Jewish people to give them revelation of who I am. Imagine that. While Stephen was being stoned, it says in another place that Paul was holding everybody's coat and watching it happen. And God was saying, see that coat holder right there? Do you see him? See that guy, Saul of Tarsus? See the one who's got the permission and the letters to destroy the church in Damascus? Are you looking at him? That guy is gonna be my guy. 
people at the stoning would have said, the whole thing is off the rails. Everything about this is off the rails. The dude's getting crushed to death and the brother holding the coats is God's chosen man. I don't think so. And Stephen, on the other hand, he saw Jesus and he stood up and he went straight to meet him, Jesus standing. And Saul went off to Damascus convinced of his plans, convinced of this purpose that he had for himself. And that is until God said, get ready, Saul, because I'm about to flip your script upside down. You are going to become the biggest proponent anyone's ever seen of the very way that you are trying to end. And I just wonder today if anybody sees that and that there are times in life when you know exactly what you intend to do, but on your way to do it, Jesus comes and he says, hello. (laughs) And you think, you know, oh, I know who he is and I know what this is all about. And I'll just talk to him when he pops up in the room and say, blah, 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 blah. And this is why, you know, Jesus, this is why Father God, this is why I'm gonna go to Damascus and I've got the letters and I've got this thing and I've got this purpose and I'm all upset and I've got a lot of power too and blah, 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 blah. No. You're on your way and then Jesus appears and you're like, I can't see. (laughs) Blinded by his light and his glory. I don't know what just happened. Something really blight just flashed into my plan. Something just flipped my script. That I was going one way and all of a sudden I can't even see to go that way. And it could be that you're on your way to do, maybe it's something that, you know, is not so good. And God wants to flip your script today. And who knows what plans are in this house today, the plans that God has for you. And God brought you here to say to you, no, you're not gonna go and wreck your life. And this is my plan and my purpose for you. You're not gonna wreck your life and a bunch of other people's lives. You're actually gonna go get your script flipped today (laughs) and you're gonna start moving towards building up your life and, and the lives of other people. Or it may be that you're just on your way to go do something that, you know, it's, it's good. Maybe it's even really good, but the purpose in it is so small. And it's gonna take you out of the game plan, out of the good plan that God has for you, the better plan, if I can say it that way. And God said, you have got to get a bigger purpose than that. And I want to flip the script on your story today. And I want to flip the story inside of you. And so everywhere we go in Acts, this is the case. In Acts 16, we're not going to look at it, but I'm just going to share it. Uh, Paul wants to go one way. He's praying, God, this is the way that we're going to go. The Holy Spirit tells him several times, no, you can't go that way. Have you ever wondered, you know, where is God when my plans you know, just get upended and they changed. When we thought we were going uh, to Kansas City, but we ended up going to Columbus instead. Um, when we thought we were going to California and we ended up going to Columbus, South, Columbia, South, South America. And, and, you know, when we thought it was gonna be today, but then it ended up being four years from now. We're like, what's happening? All the plans are changing. Paul said, we're gonna go this way. Okay, this is Paul. We're gonna go this way. Holy Spirit said, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And Paul didn't go. He didn't go. 
Oh, well, you know, he, 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 his response was not, oh, well, there must not be a God. All my plans have crashed and everything's changing. And what am I going to do? How are we going to respond? No, this is what Paul said. Okay, well, we've got a purpose, which is to tell people about the resurrected Jesus. And if we can't go that way, then I guess we'll go this way, right? And so Paul had a vision in the night, this is the rest of the story, to come to Macedonia and he started moving down that way and ended up meeting a lady. She ended up being a very, very influential lady and she invited him and his followers back to her home. And Lydia ended up being the person where the church in Philippi started. It was born and nurtured in her home, all because the other road was closed and this way was now open. And so this Roman colony called Philippi comes alive and bursts into life in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And if you know this verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that was written in the church that was built in the home of Lydia, who came to know Jesus because the way was closed to going to option A. You see what I'm saying? Don't find yourself guilty of living with a small purpose. When the road is closed or, or we don't get accepted or it doesn't work out, our first response is, well, I just don't know what I'm gonna do. And God says, well, why don't you do the thing that I put you on the earth to do? Tell them about my son, which, which you know, and so then maybe he asked, okay, so if you didn't get into that school, well, which school can you get in? Well, um, you know, this one, I can, go, I can go to that one. It's a little bit further than I was wanting to go, but okay, great, go there. And when you get there, be a light on a hill. But I didn't get the promotion. We're not moving to Colorado after all. We're moving to Philadelphia. Awesome. When you get there, put a light on the hill and see if somebody in Philadelphia doesn't come to know Jesus and thank God later that you didn't move to Colorado. Well, I'm not going to be a pop rock star. Awesome. What can you do? Whatever you can do, put a light on a hill and just see if somebody doesn't come along later and say, man, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but I'm actually really happy that the music gig didn't work out for you in Nashville because Destiny Foursquare Church would have never happened. And so my family came here and Jesus rescued me and helped me to grow in faith and maturity right here in this building. And that's kind of, of, of what you and I hope for sometimes, isn't it? Brent Parker is dreaming, I want to be a professional rock star. I want to go to Nashville with that intention. I'm moving myself there. I want to be famous and rich. And I want to I sign all of my autographs. It's with good intention, with scripture verses, right? And that was my plan. And I mean, what's so wrong with that, right? Yes, I'm on my way to my house in Monaco. And, and why, yes, I'd love to take time to, to sign a deal for you. And here's my scripture verse. But then God says, well, the house in Monaco is gonna happen. Becoming a famous pop star is not in the cards for you because, well, but you can tell people about the scripture and you can start a nonprofit and a parachurch ministry to teach others how to be worship leaders and you can use your prophetic gift to speak into people's lives. And suddenly a kid who had spent almost every day of his life through high school banging on a keyboard, that was me through my youth too, <laughs> in my young adult years, is at a conference in Minnesota, this is my story, at a conference in Minnesota saying yes to Jesus to the very thing that I'm doing right now. And so I don't know 
what's on your path right now, but I just wanna end with this mindset. Here's what Paul said. I mean, think about this. Saul, got his name changed to Paul. Enemy of the church to proclaimer of the church. Church destroyer to church builder. Killing people for the faith and getting killed for his faith. Talk about flipping the script. Here's a guy who spends his last years of his life chained up to the wall or who's chained to a Roman guard or to another guard in Judea and he never once anywhere in the scripture or the gospel does it says, I cannot stand the fact that I'm chained to this dude one more day. (laughs) You can't find that scripture. You cannot find it. This Jerry guy, I'm so sick of him. I've been chained up to him for nine months. The dude is an ogre. Never, it's not in there. Paul wasn't too worried about who he was chained up to. He was just really glad that whoever that was was chained to him. Why? Guess what, Jerry? Guess what you're chained up to? You're gonna be getting a whole lot of the gospel, Jerry. Welcome to church. (laughs) Right? I'm I'm gonna pray for the next two hours, Jerry, so feel free to join in or you can just hang out if you want. But I've got a lot of churches and a lot of people and a lot of stuff going on. And so I'm going to pray, but you can just feel free to do whatever you want to do. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how magnificent are your, is your name in all of the earth. You roar with power and with authority. I pray for my brothers and sisters in Ephesus and those in Philippi and those in Colossae and those in Corinth. And I lift them up in your mighty name and the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Help them, Lord. Rescue them. Come to their aid lift them out of the temptation and the deception and then build them up to be strong men and women of the faith. God, will you impart to them the power of your Holy Spirit so they can do things that are powerful in your name and in your kingdom. And Jerry, the guard, is with him and he's chained up with Paul. The next day he's he's watching this and he's like, huh. He's watching the next day. He's like, huh. Somebody comes here with a letter for Paul and he's, he's reads it and he's like, huh, what am I doing with my life? I've got this powerhouse chained to me and I've never seen anything like it. So here's the thing. I just want to encourage you today, whatever you're walking through, and there's a lot of people walking through a lot of hard times in the place today and it can either you know, just be you know, the, the funnel and the weight that crushes you down to nothing or... I promise you it can be the megaphone that God uses to tell the whole world about Jesus, that he is alive and that he is with you. So the story of Jesus didn't die in Nashville for Brent Parker, did it? The story of Jesus actually has been amplified many times over because of what didn't happen in Nashville. In stunning and amazing ways, a dream that may have ended, but the purpose cannot be stopped. Because Brent has a purpose that dwarfed the pop star dream. (laughs) And so do you, and so do I. So let's take hold of it, let's go all in for it, and in doing so, let's assure that nothing in this life will stop us. Come on, church. Amen. Well, Father God, we... Um, are so thankful for this journey through the book of Acts. And Lord, just in this closing thoughts as, as we end this journey together today, um, God, we wanna thank you for your Holy Spirit power that you equip us, um, you fill us up 
to do things above and beyond that, uh, what we're capable of, God. Help us to remember that um, our story and our script is never as good as your story and your script that you have for us. Your plans and your purposes are better. And so God, I, I pray that each one of us, we would wake up in the morning and we would look to you to take our steps. Lord, give us direction for this day. Lord, help me open doors that only you can open, Lord, for me to share the love that you've given to me, the life that you've given to me, the rescue that you've given to me. Help me to show that to other people through the way that I live, through the way that I, the direction that I go, through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we wanna hear your voice.